Hi everyone, and welcome back to Part of the Story. I'm one of your hosts, Claire Brown, and today our Guess co-host who's is back. back. It's Sage. I'm back. <laughs> so we're really excited to have Sage come back to Part of the Story. I'm happy to be back. Yes. Yeah. So Sage was furloughed a little bit because COVID. Yes. So that was fun. Yeah. Um, but now Sage is back full time. Full time. So it's really exciting. And we are going to be going to twice monthly podcasts. Yeah. Which is exciting. Yeah. It'll be nice to get back into it and give you guys some some monthly content. Yes. It, it's going to be fun. We're going to be able yeah. to do lots of lists. We're going to have lots of interviews and a lot of guests. Yeah. It's going to be yeah. fun. And it's all going to be socially distant. Of course. So, well, of physically distanced, I guess, not socially. Because we're back. Like, this is our first in, in studio. In person in together. Studio. It's you been heard a us minute. on a, our little headphones <laughs> yeah. from home. But now we're back in person. Yeah. So we thought, um, just as a reintroduction to everything, mm-hmm. um, this might be a first episode for people, or it might be a, a first episode with Sage, because season yeah. two, I started without you. Sorry. I'm so, <laughs> so upset about yeah. that. Too bad. Um, but Sage, tell us a little bit about what you've been doing. Well, you know, I figured I had all this extra time on my hands mm-hmm. during the summer, and I had for a while been thinking about going back to school because I did graduate in 2017, I do believe, and I have not When she says graduate, she means high school. High school, yes, high school. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so I hadn't been back to do any like post-secondary or anything like that. So I decided to start the Library Information Technologies program through SAIT online. So um, they do have like an in-person one that you can do. Oh, do they now? They do. And then they also have an online version that's like not COVID related. They always had that. Oh. Um, so yeah, I'm doing the online version, which is great because it's pretty much just self-paced. Can do it as you as you please. So it's been really nice. It's kept me busy. Um, I also adopted a kitten, a, kitty. a little kitty, <laughs> my first my first little cat that I've ever had. I've always had dogs, um, and I got him through Whisker Rescue. They are a great organization. A great local they do organization. so much good stuff. So yeah. if you guys are ever interested, check them out. They're amazing. Um, but yeah, so I have my little cat. I'm doing my little school. Um, and yeah, things have been all right. So how many courses have you been in now? Um, so my first term was the summer term is okay. what I started in. So I did four courses um, in that term. And then now I'm doing Which three. is basically right on track for yeah. the year. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So now I and now I'm in three for the like fall winter term. Mm-hmm. Um, but the nice thing about it is you can do just like one or two courses at a time. So depending I think on how now life with, goes. Yeah. Now with working <laughs> full time, I think three courses might be a bit of a load. So I'll probably just do one or two just to see how it goes when in the next year. So another yeah. library convert. Yes. Making your life in yeah, libraries. I know. <laughs> <laughs> they got me. They trapped me. I can't get out. Stop. That's really good though. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. been a lot of fun. It's been nice. It's a lot of stuff that I kind of already knew just yeah. from like having experience in the library, but then a lot of kind of like the behind the scenes. It's like, oh, that's how that works. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then using my knowledge to help me in the yeah. course and then other stuff that I wouldn't have known and business communication. Like, oh, we talk to people every day, but do you ever think about like the things you say and how other people perceive it yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So it's been really cool. Nice. Yeah. So we thought we'd update everybody a little bit on, like, there's new hours since our last new podcast. New library stuff. Yeah. yeah. So um, DAW and Timberlands remain open for what we continue to call express service, but it's a little bit less express than before. Yeah. So we do welcome you into branch uh, for 30 minutes at mm-hmm. a time. And we are mass mandatory at all three of our branches, which we'll get into. And then downtown, um, you're welcome to now come into 
I call it like the vestibule area, but I guess it's more like the link area. It's like half of the link. Yeah. It's so like before the gates. Yes. Kind yeah. of thing. So we have a couple of self checkouts there and some quick, some new fancy quick self checkouts. They're, They're very, very nice. nice. There's like 20 different languages yeah. you guys can choose from. They're very fancy. Yeah, I like them cool. a lot. And so, yeah, there's quick choice there. So if you come in, you're getting your hold. And, you know, if we have new things that mm-hmm. haven't gone out on holds, they're there for you to pick up. And so there's some large prints, some DVDs, children's materials. Yep. There's a, there's quite a nice little mix there. There is, yeah. And yeah. it's nice that people can actually come in now. Get in from there's been a lot of people hold. that just come in. They try to hand you your card. It's like, oh, no, come in. Yeah, like, come look in. around. Yeah. So, so, and so nice. that means you can get a library card downtown now yes. a little bit easier than before. Not that we weren't offering them before, but it's just a little easier. You're not standing out in the cold. Mm-hmm. It's not super loud with the construction yeah. uh, across the street there. So, yeah. So it's been really nice to be sort of somehow back to normal. Yeah. But we're getting yeah. there. Yeah. Baby steps, right? So our hours are expanded as well. So Monday to Thursday we are ten to eight. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And then Fridays twelve to five and Saturdays ten to three. So the Saturdays is really nice for people, I think. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. a lot of people well even before it like just being open until eight is yeah. really nice for people who if you work until five or six. I know, because everyone's hours are weird now. Like, mm-hmm. when you think about, like, the mall hours, a co-worker of ours was saying that the mall, she was she wanted to pick something up, and the mall was open, like, until seven, and she was working till seven. Yeah. So I just, I thought about how a lot of our hours are probably similar to a lot of other businesses with mm-hmm. shortened hours, so it's nice that we have those evening hours Definitely. and those Saturday times now. So, yeah. yay. Yeah. So uh, some of you might be familiar with season one which Sage and I started together. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did some different things, mostly like conversation, some interview style mm-hmm. things. Some um, lists. Yeah. Some favorites. Which like all of that stuff is still going <laughs> to, like we're still going to have it, but we are going to have a bit of a new format um, just coming up. And then because we are going to twice a month, yes. we are welcoming someone new in. Ooh, surprise. Yeah, so sometimes we are going to be... I, I jokingly say like a little tripod, mm-hmm. but like I really like that also. <laughs> it's cute. <laughs> so like we did do a little bit of tri podcasting, if you if you would, uh, during our quarantine days, mm-hmm. and that was with our former guest co-host uh, Mary Madinsky. But going forward, it will be one of our coworkers. Her name is Shannon Larondell, which you may remember. Or pause this episode now and go back and listen to her episode. She was because it was very first, good. It, it was. was very good, and she was our first podcast guest. Yes, and she has a agreed, special place in our heart. She does have a special yeah. place in our heart, and she has agreed to be our tripod. Mm-hmm. Which, like, people are going to get sick of that, but like, I'm into it. You got to get used to it. You've heard <laughs> it. You'll hear it again. You'll hear it again. I emailed it. Uh, it won't matter. Yeah, people are going to get sick of it. But honestly, I think it's adorable. Because, mm-hmm. like, tripods. Yeah. <laughs> it's on. like, intend your puns. And I do. Um, so you'll meet Shannon uh, a little bit later in this podcast. Um, but Sage is not going anywhere. No, I'm back. Uh, <laughs> Can't get rid of me. Back to stay. Yep. But our format is going to be a little bit different. You might notice some different breaks or mm-hmm. some different other things. So we just wanted to give you sort of a heads up. Yeah. This so it's so, not, you know, shocking. Exactly. <laughs> this is our bonus reboot yes. episode, if yeah. you will. Um, later this month, a episode will be coming with Trish Klein, Adult Services uh, Coordinator here at Retro Public Library. We'll be talking to her a little bit about... Um, 
being a maker and and doing all kinds of things. She's the person that does evening artistry at the library. Mm-hmm. So she's super creative. So this is like our bonus episode, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is our like, yay, Sage is back. And Shannon's <laughs> Just wanted us. to let you guys know I'm back. Yeah. So you weren't surprised. And so, yeah, we didn't want anyone to be sort of curious about what, about what might be happening. Mm-hmm. So this is our little catch up episode. So it's going to be a little bit of a shorter one. But we appreciate y'all tuning in. Yes. So we're going to take a little break, and then we will be back with Shannon. So welcome back. And now we have with us Shannon LaRondell. Hey! (laughs) So in our first part, we were talking, well, I was trying to convince Sage that we should be called the Tripods. That like... (laughs) That sounds like a 1950s band. But like, I'm so into it. I just, like, the idea, it's like a cute pun, and I'm intending my little pun. And like... I just think we should be a, th- a little tripod. It's a three-legged dog. I mean, that works for me, too. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> They're cute. Exactly. You gotta love them. So, as we were mentioning, Shannon was one of our, I think, well, not one of our, you were our first guest. Yeah. And you were gracious enough to come on the podcast and talk to us about being a writer and turning passions into programs. And it was such a good conversation. It was a lot of fun it to, was, to try it out. I'd never done anything it was like so that good. before. And before we get into a little bit more about you now, did you finish the book, Shannon? <laughs> I have to say, no, I didn't finish that book. But to be honest, since that first one, I've probably started four more. Really? Yes. So That's cool. has the book actually finished its journey? No, <laughs> but the writing journey didn't stop. So oh, I'm still good. working away at stuff, and as inspiration comes to me, it, it just starts new things. So oh, that's exciting. Kind of, yeah. yeah. So we've had a bit of a shakeup at the library in terms of like our design, our job designations, if what you were, uh, versus what we are now. So we're all part of public services because we're all front-facing service staff, which is a, a lovely place to be. Mm-hmm. We love interacting with people and it's great being open. So Shannon is now a public services assistant with a focus on youth programming, I'd say. That's right. Still geared towards programming for little kids and uh, up to the teens. Yeah. So one of the exciting things is the continuation of the young authors uh, club that you had a very successful program, you know, in the for, before the before times before the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> so true. There's the before pandemic, and yeah. hopefully there'll be an after pandemic. <laughs> and there's a during. And for our during, I mean, it's great to be able to do digital things and have digital yeah. opportunities. Obviously, it's not quite the same. Everybody knows it's not quite the same. But it's nice to be able to offer that and to have your program continue. I think so. Um, we'll just be starting, so I don't exactly know what kind of buy-in we'll have. Yeah. I don't know. Um, there's a term, I think it's called screen fatigue, people <laughs> talk about. And it's very much so, if you're on a screen for too long, yeah. too much. And that's the platform we can use yeah. during the pandemic. So I don't know if that's a, a positive for people or not. But coming into winter, it's different to you. That's true. Like, you're not outside in minus 50 enjoying the sun. Like, <laughs> No, that's true. And if, if you're looking for something to do, that might be more fun than a Netflix series that you've seen 12 times before. Yeah. So. Plus, for kids, I mean, there's not a ton of opportunities to sort of get excited about their own writing, right? Like, so many times it's like, you have to write about this, or you have to do this assignment. But the idea of 
no, it's creative time. Like, how do we tell this story? Like, what is your story in your head and how do we get that out, right? And I think that age group, the age group that I'm targeting is, is like 10, 11 to maybe 13. They're transitioning from uh, all about me and this is what <laughs> I need to, oh my gosh, I, there's peers? Yeah. Who, who are these people? And that in itself is a giant challenge in that age group because... Yeah. They're reluctant to share. So yeah. you don't actually get to see what they're doing, but they can see what they're doing. Yeah. And they measure that by everyone else's hiding what they're doing. So yeah. <laughs> you kind of have to wade through the murky waters and figure out, you know, where everyone is at. But um, it's a nice way of creating community too, because a lot of these kids who have these interests, like, they could be making friends that they still have 10 years from this group or 15 years or whatever because they have that grounding interest in writing. Yeah, potentially. Yeah. And I think just having a group that recognizes this is stuff I like yeah. and there are other people out there in my community <laughs> like that it. also like it, that's yeah. huge. Well, so. probably for like a 10-year-old, if you're super into writing or telling stories, you probably are telling them to yourself. Uh, maybe longhand, maybe on the computer. So it's like, well, are other you know kids doing this? Is this mm -hmm. a weird interest to mm -hmm. have? Is there, yeah, is there a spot for me here? And they're always double checking with yeah. everybody else as to <laughs> yeah. what they like, if that's normal yeah. or not. Can so, we like this still? <laughs> yeah. So, and I think that's that's the the gold there is yeah. that you have a group of kids that realize this is something that they like to do and aren't afraid to show up and own that yeah. and say, I like to do this, so I'm going to join this group. Um, Even if they aren't sharing their work, just the idea that they, I want to be here, I want to hear this, I'm writing in my spare time. Absolutely. Maybe not ready. To, I mean, it's hard for adults to share. Oh, so I, I completely understand. Yeah. And if we go back to that first episode, yeah. <laughs> I was very, very unsure. Which, like, sharing. I should say, like, if you are coming from that episode, because Sage and I, in our first uh, before the break, we did say, if you are not familiar with Shannon, go back and re-listen to the episode. We did say, or you said that you would share pages with me, which you did. And I during did. pandemic. Do you know how hard that was? But I loved to it. To print off a selection of pages that I thought was not too risky. So I didn't give you my absolutely die-hard work. I gave you the medium middle bit. But I loved it. I told you straight away that I loved it. Like... I wanted more of this, like, I'm a romance reader, Shannon, a romance author, obviously probably writes other things too, but um, romance, it was, like, it was, it was publishable, Shannon. Mm, like, and I that's read exciting. A, I read a lot. I know so. you do, which, which, so you're, would be my best and worst critic. I'm your in, target audience. Like, would much. I, would I buy this book on Amazon? Yes, I would. Pretty much. <laughs> so I gave you an excerpt of something that... I had made new, or not made new, but had done a long time ago, even before I started working on the novel. Yeah. And so the, the novel, yeah. quote, air quotes on the <laughs> novel, um, you didn't get to see any of that. And that's that's the prize baby. You know, that's the one that you... You work up to. Mm -hmm, sure. You put on the best clothes <laughs> to make sure that that one's good. So yeah. the fact that you enjoyed the subpar work that I sent you... Which was, she's saying subpar is absolutely not subpar. And like, honestly, you sort of left me at like a little cliffhanger because it had everything that I like about a romance because like they met straight away, they were neighbors. Mm -hmm. Like it just had all, like the guy was by type of guy, whatever. Like some people want there to be like more, I don't know, 
steam. Uh, yeah. Or mm. like, I don't know, more forwardness. But like the banter was like what I wanted, like on the bus and like, just like, it was, it was I, what I wanted. I took a dialogue <laughs> class. So I have to say, um, it, it wasn't a master class, like um, the master classes out there that are super popular, but it was something like that. It was an internet, how to write dialogue class. Really? And I took it and I learned a lot with that I yeah. had no idea how to write dialogue before that yeah. it was brand new so it's not like halting it's not like he said she said exactly said, you have said. to imagine yeah. well in, in this class they suggested that you have to imagine what would you actually say to that if you were that person put yeah. yourself in those shoes and what would you well, say well it had like the confidence too mm-hmm. because like I mean, I don't think strangers really interact in such a cute way in real Not life. all the time, yeah. but if they're attracted, that That's makes true. people act differently. That's which true. Which you have to kind of imagine. Yeah. You, you're not yourself if you're all, phoning over. Yeah. Yes. Soothing. Yeah. Yes. So um, I think, yeah, I, I learned a lot from that. So I think everything that you do, and everyone says this, every author that I've ever listened to, um, the Festival of Words in Saskatchewan and the Writers' Festival in Calgary and even the Vancouver's Festival, everybody that speaks about their work, everybody says Everything that I took before, <laughs> all the classes helped me so much in each thing. And it's I the journey. It's imagine the it's true for yeah. everything. A, an artist, a sculptor, they learn by doing. And I think yeah. that's that's the gem. Is that you? It just it reminded me like awesome. of. Do you ever, did you ever read like old Sandra Brown, like eighties Sandra mm-hmm. Brown? Yeah. There's one called like, oh I can't remember Adam something, maybe it's Adam's rib. Maybe that's not right. Adam's Fall. Adam's Fall. That's what it was called. Um, And years ago, one of our coworkers was like, you know what? And like a surprising person was like, Claire, I think you should get into Sandra Brown. Like 80s Sandra Brown. And I was like, "Mm." because like this person and I don't seem to have much in common in terms of like reading. And I read that one. She was like, this is the one. She's like, I remember it from like, you know, 20 years. This is the one. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay. I read it and it has like such snappy, peppy dialogue. And yeah, it's like written in the 80s. So like some of it is very like 80s. Absolutely. But you, once in a while you get that dialogue of like between your characters Mm -hmm. or like, I don't write, but like uh, between characters that I'm reading and you remember like what you felt while you were reading their interaction. hundred percent. So like that one like is super big for me or like Bet Me by Jennifer Cruzy. <gasps> I was just going to say that. That's my favorite book, Bet yeah. Me. I can remember every detail yeah. pretty much of that book to this day. Because it has such peppy like dialogue yeah. and they're so interactive with each other yes. and it's just like, it's constantly like going and growing. It's very angsty. I love that though. <laughs> but like I got that vibe from like, the fact that you said that that's like your favorite and you know it so well like that's the that's the dialogue vibe that I got nice. it's like that peppy nice. like fast like moving and you're just like god I, I need the next I need mm-hmm. the next part I, like mm-hmm. what's our next interaction gonna be like that's that's the part right I love it yeah I love it so I mean it's it's a huge thing for a writer I think to capture and for that to be like part of your journey I think it's I think it's working for you, Shannon. Well, you were very gracious in your <laughs> praise, so that helps me. For my first ever showing somebody, that made a big difference because oh, making it so special yeah. to be able to see the. You were the only, still the only, still. <laughs> and maybe one day we'll get the novel from her, and I'll be able to talk maybe. about it. Here. Maybe that would be so nice. Yeah. It'll be our anniversary pod with you in a year. We'll be like, we all read Shannon's novel. <laughs> now we're having an online. 
podcast about it. Publishers, <laughs> tune in, <Yeah>. please. <laughs> it's so fun. But so, like, you were furloughed slightly or shortly. That's right. Uh, from the library. Yep. So you're back now. How long? About a month. About a I've month. Back. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we talked a little bit about the hours changing and the job changing. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about, you know, being back in the library and being back, you know, in person with patrons and, and all that good stuff? I would have to say that it feels lovely to be back now. Yeah. But the first couple of days walking in, especially downtown, uh, we were at the very beginning there, we didn't have people coming into the building. Oh, right. It was Even just the whole, the, the whole yeah. pickup at the door. Yeah. And so it felt eerily quiet. Yeah. And it, yeah. And you, like, Shannon was based downtown um, prior to the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So, like, now we all work at all the branches. That's right. And Shannon had before because she was in a different department at that time. Yeah. But downtown is bustling. Downtown, like, and she was in the children's department primarily. So, like, that's a loud department yes you can go loud there's it's people busy. all the time there's always people so yep. for you to come back those first few days and for us to be doing this modified service particularly downtown yeah it would be a little bit like oh yeah it's pandemic it was so, sort of arresting yeah because yeah. it was and and everyone and i'm sure everyone feels the same way everywhere they go everyone's giving a wider berth yeah. to bodies right like so which i kind of like i enjoy my <laughs> bubble so <laughs> Yeah. So for those people, that's probably for the bubble people. They're probably yes. Mm-hmm. I'm 100% yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't I be can, over my shoulder. <laughs> I could see that, right? Yeah. Um. So I feel I'm a person who takes visual cues. Um, okay. So when people turn away from you, they're like, "I'm gonna step up a couple or step back a couple." Routinely, that's sort of an affront. They don't actually want to talk to you or be in your sphere. So yeah. they're just move on, let them go. <laughs> yeah. But that's everybody now, so you can't just <laughs> let them go. Yeah. Um, so it, it's, I have to tear through that sort of layer between us and go, hi, yeah. how are you? <laughs> At a respectful distance, yeah. but still engage when normally I probably wouldn't because of the gesture. Right. Oh yeah, that's true. Cause like now, but with masks too, which like mm-hmm. you, you're relying on body language you're not seeing a smile or a grimace or like anything Mm -hmm. like and some people's eyes you know you can't tell one way or the other I don't know I don't know if I have expressive eyes underneath the mask because like I'm looking at myself so I don't know um but it's interesting now how much we have to sort of read the body language but also have it in the back of our minds like oh like they might just be backing up because of physical distance or not because I'm offensive exactly (laughs) or like some people, you know, are backing up because I got this. I know how to do this part. Like, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. So it's like finding that rhythm and that line of like, mm-hmm. yeah, where service needs to meet them. Absolutely. Kind of thing. Yeah. And have you noticed people's eyes are beautiful? Yeah. When you take away their nose and their mouth and not that those parts aren't beautiful, but if you just have eyes to focus on, people have beautiful eyes. You know, it's it's one. It's like the. It's like the idea. It's, this is probably a lie, but like that. If you lose one sense, the other ones get better or whatever. Yes. I don't know if that's true. I don't true. think it's a lie. But now that you can't see people's entire faces, mm-hmm. you do notice the eyes, and they can be expressive in different. I don't know whether I'm reading them right, but like you could be like, oh, or like the color of people's eyes. Yes. I never realized like how because you'd be like, oh, I have blue eyes or brown eyes or green, whatever. But like there's such variation within so cool. those things, and if that's the only thing you're yeah. looking at, you really notice it. Yes, and lashes and yeah. eyebrows and crow's feet for yeah. good or for worse, yeah. right? I just 
I, it, I'm finding it just, I could get I started lost. wearing eye makeup oh. since the pandemic. Oh, wow. I never did before. Oh, no? Yeah. Oh. But I thought, my eyes need to bring a little something to the table now. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if whatever, but yeah, I have started wearing eye makeup. Isn't I think your eyes are beautiful just the way they are <laughs> without anything. That's my, that's oh. my take on it. But I actually did yell out to one of the servers at Cilantro and Chive, actually. <laughs> she had these gorgeous aquamarine eyes, and I was saying to the table, oh my gosh, did you see her eyes? I may have had, you know, a cocktail. A beverage. <laughs> <laughs> they were just fantastic. Yeah. They were awesome. Oh, you definitely noticed, though. Yeah. Like, I'm obsessed with um, TikTok videos that talk about, like, eye makeup for, like, under masks or whatever. Oh. Because, like, you have more time to do your makeup now. If you were doing a full face of makeup oh, before... See. Don't do, like, from the nose down, because who's seeing it? Nobody. Unless you want to do it for yourself, but then, like, you know, not the greatest under the mask for mm-hmm. your skin. Um, so, like, go full out with your eyes. And, like, some of these people, the talent that they have, I'm not there. Do People do not expect that from me when you come into the library. When I say I use eye makeup, it's, like, a little bit of eyeshadow and mascara. But, like, these people, it's, like, an art form. And I'm, like, maybe I will work up to that. If the pandemic lasts long enough, like, why not indulge? Get there. Yeah, indulge. You're talking to somebody who wears no makeup, so <laughs> I feel like I am not on the same bus as you. I got super but... into like makeup YouTube and makeup TikTok mm-hmm. over the pandemic. It's not. I don't know James why. Charles. Yeah, love that one. <laughs> love it. I don't watch the big ones. I watch the ones that have like skills only slightly better than myself. Because otherwise, like I don't have makeup skills. I was not a makeup. Person. Like, you know, in high school, how everyone's like, you know, making the mistake, the makeup mistakes and whatnot. And then you grow and you learn and you practice. It's like you're writing, you learn from the past. Sure. I was not that person. So basically, I need to find, uh, you know, I'm like a 15 year old in a nearly 35 year old's body in terms of like makeup. makeup technique. So I need to find someone who's like slightly better than me so I don't feel like an abject failure in life. That's. <laughs> Because all the makeup gurus are like 21 years old mm-hmm. and perfection. Like, how did they get there? Obviously, practice, but like, yep. it just makes me feel some type of way. So I have to watch ones that are just slightly better than myself. Fair. <laughs> and I, you don't sit down with a James Patterson to learn how to start writing novels. Yeah. So I agree. It's just, yeah, it's funny. That was a bit of a digression, but that's fine. That's what we like to I do here. I think that's what it's okay to do. It's the pandemic. Like. Yeah. <laughs> it's all just for fun. So Shannon and Sage and I will be sharing hosting duties and our next one, our next podcast by the end of November will feature Trish Klein, which we promoted last month, but we had to do our reboot episode because we just got too excited about being a tripod. Yes. <laughs> Three-legged dog. Yeah. So Shannon and I will return uh, in a couple of weeks time with Trish Klein, who is the adult services coordinator, and we will talk about her being a maker. So we're going to mm-hmm. take a little break and be back with reading, watching, and listening. So here is our reading, watching, and listening to part one. What do you got, Claire? Good question. Um, so yesterday I read a YA that had nine short stories, a little anthology, oh, Okay. published during COVID. It's called Together Apart, and it's mm-hmm. nine short like romances of teens, like sort of finding love, let's call it. Okay. During COVID. Oh, okay. Dur- like, During so COVID. written contemporaneously. Um, lots of different ones. There's LGBTQ representation. There's um, 
minorities. It was just, it was so nice. None of the authors was, like, one of my, like, favorites. Yeah. So I picked it up more because I thought it was a cute idea than, like, oh, this author type Mm -hmm. of thing. But all nine stories were adorable. I highly, highly recommend it. Although, like, if you don't want to engage with Corona stories, I sort of yeah. Um, but like, it they were just cute, cute, and they were short, and they were just easy to digest. Yes, yeah, and they were like happy because it's like hopeful things are still happening. Yes, even though things are weird. Yeah, because things are weird. Things are very weird. <laughs> what have you but heard? it's kind of nice to read about the weird things, but like happy, yeah. happiness. You can find like the good they, things like too. Like when they're struggling a little bit and they're talking about like online school or like moving during COVID yeah, and like all that stressful. kind of stuff. But in the end, it, it's it like all works hopeful, out, which is yeah. my favorite. What have you been reading? Um, I started, so I, I've had a couple books that have just been sitting because, you know, I've, I've, I've been out of my reading for a little bit, um, but I had picked up. Bent Heavens by Daniel Krauss. Oh. Um, I picked it up because the cover looked interesting. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes it's I judge. It's a horror, I isn't do. it? It's kind of. I mean, I've only, I'm only like a couple chapters in, but so far, um, I just, I really like the way the author wrote it. Like, mm-hmm. it's just written in a really interesting way, like very descriptive, captivating mm. in a way. It is very good. So it's um, the daughter of like this guy who went missing a couple years ago who... Um, like says he had an alien encounter and so now her and her childhood friend go out into the woods and like set traps to you know try to see what's happening trap an alien (laughs) and she just kind of does it because it's a ritual at this point like they know they're not really expecting anything it's just all almost in a way of being like well there's still hope he's out there somewhere right and then I haven't gotten to the part yet, but as you can imagine they might you know find a little a little alien friend in one of those traps so yeah, it's it's pretty good so far. So That's I'm been on my to be read, so I'm excited to see what you. I'll let you know what I think. Because he also remind me to finish it. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of years ago, when The Shape of Water came out, mm-hmm. they did a book on it, but instead of it being exactly the same as the mo- like a movie tie-in, yeah. it was sort of like the same, but a bit of a twist, a bit of a retelling, because mm-hmm. it had like more as books can because yep. they're longer than movies, and it was with the authorization in partnership, I think, with Guillermo del Toro. Oh, okay. And it was really good. So I imagine his writing is quite strong. It is, yeah. In that one as That's well. the one that I had gotten a few books because my mom and I were going camping, and I was like, okay, let me read the first chapter of each one, see what I get a feel for, yeah. and that one really drew me You're in. Like, and one. I didn't get to read it camping because I forgot my books. It <laughs> doesn't matter. <laughs> That's besides the point. Yeah, yeah. best intentions. Um, so, yeah. So what have you been watching as oh, of late? So, we all know I'm a lover of the Great British Baking Show. I don't know if I've talked about it at all. But, um, <laughs> only so, slightly. Only slightly. So the 10th yeah. season is now out on is the it? CBC app. So it's like a big 10th season, you know, um, did shebang. They, did they record during COVID? I think this was before. Oh, okay. I think it, it was before, but it is the 10th year. Um, and so, you know, the bakes are crazier, the technicals are wild, the shows don't even get me started on the showstoppers. Um, so if you guys have the CBC app, you can just make a free account. And I think because it's the 10th season, like, or like 10th anniversary, um, all of the seasons are free on there. So you can watch season one to oh, 10. To I will say again. the first season my mom and I did try to start, but it was just so different from how it is now, where it was like very, I don't know, kind of like rigid and not as fun. And mm. like now all of the bakers you're like oh my god you could work at like the best bakery in the first season you're like oh my god I could make something that looks better than that it's just very different so it's still very good I would recommend it nice yeah what about you oh so 
Oh. I'm going to say two things because they are tangentially related. Mm. So I'm breaking the rules. But, like, that's what Sage and I like to do here. Yeah, always. Um, so I discovered Law & Order on Amazon Prime. Rediscovered? Well, like, I, I obviously watched it when it was new. <laughs> yeah. And I was, like, so into Law & Order. This is OG. Like, Law & Order, Law & Order, not, yeah. like, Law & Order SVU, which is good, too, and Law & Order no, Criminal no, no. Intent. This is, like, Law & Order. Sadly, starts at season 10. Still good. It has my detective, <laughs> Lenny Briscoe. Um, but I have been obsessively watching it. It's really it is a good show. Like, and it's the same. It's so like formulaic, and it's so procedural. But I love it. Yeah, true crime. Yeah, no, it's so Can't good. Can't go wrong. It's so so good. And then I will mention because it's a courtroom mm-hmm. thing, um, <laughs> the trial of Chicago Seven. Oh, okay, on yes. Netflix. So it's written by Aaron Sorkin, who's the West Wing guy. Mm-hmm. Who like I love West Wing. And so it's about the anti-war protests that took uh, place during the Democratic National Convention in, I think it was 1968. Oh, boy. And this trial that, I don't want to spoil it, even though I'm, like, historical, whatever. Um, (laughs) You should know about it, guys. Come on. To be honest, I didn't really know about it. But it has lots of good people in it playing, like, smaller, like, ensemble-y parts. Oh, Um, So it just, it's really good. It's really interesting. Interestingly timely, even though it was mm-hmm. in like it takes place in the '60s, but you're talking History about itself, yeah, you're talking right? about like protests and the people and mm-hmm. you know what justice really means and could look like. So interesting. It was quite good. Yeah, yeah, and there like Aaron Sorkin. Yeah, so. come on. You, you, it's just it's really <laughs> come well on. Done. Yeah. Listening. Oh, listening. I mentioned it to you before, but I actually did. It, I it's available on Libby, so mm. it's an audiobook. It's called well, it's by. Um, Amir Levine and Rachel Heller um, and it's called Attached the New Science of Adult Attachment and how it can help you find and keep love oh. um, so it's I, it was recommended to me by a friend um, and I just found the concept of it very interesting because mm-hmm. she did say that it helped her quite a bit like in her adult life to kind of realize that hey maybe the way I was raised or the way my interactions with my parents kind of shaped me as a person and how Be I more interact yeah and how mm-hmm. I interact and form relationships with other people in the world and why maybe relationships don't last or (laughs) they ruin or that kind of thing so or they could be better or they could be better exactly there's always a way to you know kind of um like research your own relationships in a way and kind of see like hey if it's a lot of to um not realizing that that's what it is and then as soon as you read it you're kind of like oh oh that makes sense okay that makes sense yeah it's a very interesting book and it's really well well written too like I like the way it's written and it's um, not textbooky no yeah no it's it's a lot of like real life because they did have like an example of one of their friends and co-workers um like she started seeing a new guy and then after a couple months like he was feeling too attached and then so decided to push her away and it's like well why do people do that it's kind of the science of like you know human attachment it's crazy well and it sort of explains it a little bit differently than probably like i'm the problem they're the problem exactly it's It's, like multiple things yeah it's like they kind of put it into categories of like you're the anxious like like you're the anxious person you're the I don't, can't even remember. There's like an avoidant one. Yeah, and avoidant, then like, and then like a mixture of the two. So yeah, yeah it's very sciencey. And like, do you typically listen to nonfiction? Not typically, but this I wanted to read it, but yeah. we didn't have a book version. Mm-hmm. We just had the audio book, but it was something that I was interested in listening or just reading in general. And it's consuming. been a good. Fit mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been audio. good. 
Nice. Yeah. So I've been listening. So I found this podcast on Spotify, actually. it's I think it's a Spotify exclusive. exclusive. Mm-hmm. Um, a so, lot of those are doing them now. Yeah. yeah. So it's part of the Ringer Network's podcast, which, like, you guys, if you have been listening, you know that I was obsessed with the rewatchables mm-hmm. and big picture. Um, so it's the same sort of, like, I don't know, parent company, let's call them, The Mm -hmm. Ringer. And so they have this podcast on Spotify called 60 Songs That Explain the 90s. Oh. And as a person who was born in the 80s and a lot of 90s, like, songs and stuff, not all of them, obviously, but um, there's only been three episodes, and I've known all three so far. So just, like, what was going on at that time? What made that song popular? Or why is it still Mm -hmm. sort of in the lexicon today? So it's about 25 minutes, 30 minutes, and then they play the song at the end. Aw, cute. So that everything that they told you, you'd be like, oh, there's that line, or there's that reference, or whatever. So I'm really enjoying that one. It is, yeah, it's a fun little one. Like, and it's a quick little bite-sized one. a little nostalgic, too. It is. The first song, which, like, this is what, sort of convinced me on the <laughs> podcast because if it had been a song that I was like ambivalent about like, I would have ah. just been like whatever yeah. um, but the first song they did was You Oughta Know by Alanis Morissette mm-hmm. I don't think there's a Canadian <laughs> woman alive that doesn't know that song so they hooked me right straight away nice yeah that's awesome and then the other thing that I'm listening to um, or just listened just finished actually over the weekend was um, an audiobook nonfiction, mm-hmm. as I do um, Alexander the Great The Hunt for a New Past by Ooh. Paul Anthony Carlage, I think his last name is. And so it's about Alexander the Great. Because mm-hmm. um, he, like, he accomplished a lot in a short period of time. When I say accomplished, I mean not all of it was good, but... <laughs> he did a lot. Yeah, like, yeah. a lot of things happened in his very short lifespan. Yep. And he uh, rose through the ranks and became a leader at a very young age. And sort of, like, what that meant and, like, what that means for history and, yep. like, all that kind of stuff. So I really did enjoy it. That's interesting. Yeah. You read so many different things, you know? You never There's, know what you'll find in nonfiction. Nonfiction can be so strange, but they can be so good. Did you find it easy to listen to? Like, it wasn't yeah, too Yeah, like, I, nonfiction, I find it easier okay. than reading, typically, mm-hmm. because I break the rules and I do other <laughs> things while I am listening. But also, like, I listen to nonfiction before bed. Yeah. So sleepy time. It is my stories. sleepy time book. So I set a little timer. I listened a little bit about Alexander the yeah. Great. Do I know everything about him? No. no. Did I fall asleep in some bits? Yes, <laughs> do I did. Do you wake up and rewind yeah. and play it again? Yes. So it is how it is. Cool. But yeah, it's a good little mix. This is exciting to have a new reading watching mm-hmm. and listening with you. <laughs> so nice. In the interest of full disclosure to our listeners, Sage and I recorded last week. So we did a reading, watching, listening that we will now splice Shannon into, which like obviously because it's been a week, like maybe I have a couple of things too. <laughs> so you might get an extra, extra too much of Claire's in reading, watching, and listening. It's okay. Your stuff is interesting. <laughs> so Shannon, what you been reading? Um, I'm on an indigenous author train right now, and I just finished watch, uh, reading Michelle Good's Five Little Indians. It was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. It had a lot of drama and excitement and tragedy. It talked about, of course, uh, you know, a residential school and um, sadness, but just an interesting um, after-the-fact account, and it based in the 70s, and it just... It made it filled the gap of where they are now. What happened to them right after, mm. and uh, that's not talked about a lot. You yeah. fast forward to them being adults and struggling now, or when they were kids and having a hard time. But in the in between gap, that book filled that for me, which I thought was interesting. 
And the other one that I am getting into is Paying the Land by Joe Sacco. Uh, it's a graphic novel, um, kind of the same gist. So, and I just started, so I'm not, I can't say how good it is yet. Um, but it's a currently reading. Yes, it's a currently reading. Um, watching? I just watched an infuriating slash mesmerizing movie called Shirley. Oh. Um, Shirley's a movie and she is a writer and she has, it's based in the 50s I think, and she has house guests come and stay. I'm not sure if she's schizophrenic or what, but there's something happening. Very much so. And it, (laughs) it starts out deep and dark and it never really resolves and so there's probably an ending that's probably 12 different possibilities and so at the end I watched it with my daughter and we both looked at each other and we said did you know what was going on (laughs) like what happened here at the end exactly (laughs) and even throughout the whole thing it's very vague Um, it's based on a book it's adapted from a book so I'm curious now to go back and read the book because I want to know if there's clarity in the book well, that's like the movie slash book. This is, I'm thinking of ending things. So the yeah. book is very short. It's like 200 pages. And again, when you get to the end, you're like, I, I don't know what's happened here, actually. <laughs> like, yeah. like, I have an idea of what I think might have happened here. And like a number of people read it for in during any book book club just over the course of the year that it first came out. And we were all like a little different in terms of like, what we thought yeah. was the thing. And so the movie came out um, on Netflix, I think in October, um, sometime beginning of October, I want to say. And I watched it. And not only did they change the ending from the book, it doesn't give you any more fulfillment or closure. So it's like, is this how you saw the ending of the oh, book? Oh, interesting. Yeah, so oh. it was. it's weird to not have, to watch something or engage with something where you're like, I, I don't know I don't know what this is <laughs> but I love that because we're spoon fed happily ever after I like happily ever after to be <laughs> to C equals D yeah storytelling and is very linear usually absolutely yeah. and it's it's the the age old way of doing it and yeah. the to, right way quote unquote to, fair yeah but to get something that turns the A and B on its head and now you're at L yeah. makes you wonder what the, wow. Yeah. And it's not a sadness as, you know, a, the ending not ever turning happy. There yeah. are books and movies out there like that, which I find a little disconcerting yeah. because it is so negative and sad. But this one wasn't negative or sad. It just didn't follow just that was. linear path. It just was. And I... <laughs> That kind of turns how I look at everything on its head mm-hmm. then for a little while. Because it's like, oh, oh. But it's sort of like, um, you know, like that term of like in media res, right? Like where you start from the middle. So it's like a slice of life sort of you end in the middle. Because like eventually something happens, right? Like if, yeah. like even if it's like someone dies, you move, whatever. Like, like people's lives have some type of conclusion eventually. Yeah. So like to sort of... Start in the middle, stop in the middle, because most of your life is the middle. Yeah. Like... It is. It's, you live in the middle. Yeah. Like, it's... You live in the middle. There's no beginning and end of, like, that part, so... That's exactly yeah. what Shirley is. Yeah. You start somewhere in the middle of her world, yeah. and you end still somewhere in the middle of her world, and you're the not really sure yeah. 
but you don't even know if that segment that you just witnessed actually happened. <laughs> Honestly, I so it's intriguing and See, infuriating at the same time. So that's I, like a thing of things too. It's very like, did this happen? Which which parts of this were real? Which is interesting. But it's interesting that they were both books first, which I think lends it slightly easier. I think it's slightly easier to do in a book because you're reading it you don't have the visual clues of the world around them you're just seeing it through their eyes and i think in a movie you're seeing so much of the world that you're getting other clues that maybe you you don't feel the atmosphere as distinctly perhaps the book and i'm a little worried that the book will be dry and confusing yeah Um, (laughs) the movie had a beautiful musical score so there was a lot happening. and there was a lot of rich detail they they worked really hard at making um, colors be important, uh, so like you know. Cinematography, exactly, or, and so I think engaging um, all the senses. Yeah, so I wonder. I'm very curious about the book now. I'm yeah, very curious about the book. We'll have to tune in next another time, and yeah. So I'll have to mark our words down. here. Yep, I have to hunt the book down, <laughs> like, and I will yeah. share with you. Even if even if you don't like it, we gotta know. Okay, <laughs> I have my marching orders done. <laughs> and so, what you been listening to? Anything interesting as of uh, late? Can I say another audiobook? Yeah. <laughs> That's what you're listening to, of course. Yeah. I, the rules are flexible. I've got a few on the go. Um, and I wish, I'm trying to remember, I I never listen or read books twice. Never. Yeah, this is a thing that I can't get behind. We've, we've had discussions about yes, this we before. <laughs> I cannot do it. You've been down that train. Yeah. You've experienced it already. Done. Over. Move on. There's so many books in this world. You can't possibly just stay <laughs> reading the same ones over and over. This... Except for like, yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> However, you'll be surprised to know that on this particular audio recording, Ooh. I listened to it the first time through, and then I listened to it again. It's, Excuse me. Yes, because the message in it was so powerful. And I felt like they were talking straight to me. And then I was worried that I missed some of it. And if they were telling me stuff that you was really go important, yeah. I better go back. Um, and I listened to it while I'm riding my bike. So sometimes I miss things depending on how loud the traffic is yeah. beside me. <laughs> so. Or like how scary something is happening. <laughs> yeah. Shannon is a bike commuter. I am. Yeah. I am so there's lots of wind whistling yeah. through and um, there are things happening there are so I, I miss some parts sometimes so I did go back and I did it again and I'm going to you can talk about your uh, what you're listening to if you have one and I'll look up quickly what the name of the audiobook was so the thing that I'm listening to right now typically I listen to nonfiction before bed if mm. our listeners have been listening for a while, they sort of know that about me. I want to pretend that you've all been listening for a very long while. But recently, my sort of bedtime, nighttime listen is Elizabeth Gaskell's North and South. Wow. So I originally read it years ago for Victorian Lit and like liked it enough as much as you can like school reading. I always found school reading really hard because like, Homework reading is not enjoyable reading. Even if you enjoy the text, is it there's the you pressure. Have to? Yeah, and it's the pressure of like, what am I getting out of this? What am I going to remember? What are the notes that I'm going to need? So it's like sure. it's not enjoyable. So and I, but I remember somewhat liking the text. But then there was a BBC miniseries, North and South, oh. gorgeous. I would say that it's in like the same like Pride and Prejudice level of like that romance gets me. Oh. So. I downloaded the book. It's literally like 20 hours. 
I don't remember it being that long when I read it myself. I'm a very fast reader, but still, it absolutely did not take me 20 hours. Um, so I've been listening to it, and it's the narrator is great, and it's such a good, like, I know the story, so if I fall asleep, you know, 10 minutes into my timer, it's okay, too. That's good. So, yeah, I'm enjoying it. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. It's huh. a good one. I like that. I like how you can take something and get a new vibe from it. Yeah, like different... Like, again, it's like a book, then it's a movie, then it's a mm-hmm. audiobook, and you, you, your senses are engaged in different ways, so I think you notice different things. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. I think it does. What's your reread channel? Okay. Um, <laughs> Tell us. Inquiring minds, I'm so I know. interested. I know. <laughs> it's called Present Over Perfect by Shauna Nyquist, and it is very much about being present and not doing all the things, and I... It, the reason why I think it was speaking to me is because <laughs> I think I do all the things all yeah. the time. And so it was like, hello, hello, Shannon, <laughs> stop doing all the things. Um, so it was a little call out to me. So it, and then you were like, oh, I wasn't present enough in the text. I better Maybe, maybe, <laughs> I don't know. Um, it just, and maybe it's read by the author. Mm. And so maybe I find that. I like that too. They, yeah. There's a way that they have of telling their book, their mm-hmm. story, to you, right into yeah. your gut, because they know their words. They know where the emphasis Absolutely. are. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So, I, I don't know. There was just something profound about it, and it it's not my kind of book. Yeah. Uh, it's not even my subject. It has a lot of um, religion, a lot oh, of uh, religious connotations going on. There's even some Bible quotes. Usually I steer very far away from those. Um, but this one I listened to twice, so I don't know. That's interesting. Isn't it? But it's interesting, like, where things find you, right? Yeah. Like, the right sometimes, time. Yeah, right sometimes place. you'll be like, okay, well, no. And then you'll start listening, reading, engaging with whatever thing, and you'll be like, Actually, this was a yes. Maybe. Like, <laughs> okay. Like, I'm feeling a little bit suspicious, but this was a yes. <laughs> and, and when you get in, and the foreword was by Brené Brown, and I've oh, read okay. a, yeah. quite a bit of Brené Brown stuff. So Have you I listened thought, to her podcast okay. at all? No. Yeah, she has a podcast. Oh, I, I started know. listening to it during the pandemic, oh. and um, she has some good parts in there. I Like, I like Brené Brown. I'm not, like, a legion, like, a Brené mm. Brown, like, mm-hmm. lover. Like, mm-hmm. she has quite the you know, fervent follower base oh, okay. um, that's, like, super into her. And I think she's good, and I think she brings up good ideas that you can ruminate with on your own. And her podcast has some good stuff, particularly at the beginning, because a lot of it was about, like, grief of, like, losing the world we knew Yes, type of thing. So, she's very much about yeah. the grief. Yeah. But I do think that her message to me, out of all the books that I've read of hers, is all about just being authentic. Yeah. And... Every time I hear Brene Brown, her the name, you know, I always think, oh yeah, be be more of yourself, Shannon. Yeah, be more of yourself. That's her message, and I think that's great. So I think that's kind of what kept me going. It's like, oh, there's a forward by Brene Brown. It's no problem. <laughs> I can get past the Bible verse quote. Yeah. I that's okay. I can move past. It's fine. Yeah. And then suddenly it was all about that, and I was like, oh, and I still found the meaning and pulled yeah. out the nugget and went back in again for more nuggets yeah. so um obviously not terrible is that on our app on our yeah Libby? on libby yeah nice. you can download it on libby so people have a lookout for that one shannon re-listened to something ah. so like get into it no crazy <laughs> crazy so thanks for rebooting 
for tripoding, Shannon. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah. It was so much fun again. I know. Isn't it going to be fun moving forward? Oh, I'm looking forward to yeah. it. Yeah, it'll be great. So we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.